0: Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, or 88, wherever you are listening on the Faith of Him Network. And you are joined this morning by myself, Lawson, and sitting across from me, we have my good friend, Matthew. Matthew, how are you doing this morning? I'm excited to be
1: here. Yeah. And I'm just praising the Lord today. Yeah. Praising the Lord? Why? <laughs> Because I've been keeping up with my physical uh, you know, health oh. Uh, exercising. Oh, you're feeling fit? 110%. Fit. Wow. Um, I've been swimming, i will be doing my, oh, I call awesome. it biokinetics, using my own body weight. As <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, that's awesome, that's
1: awesome. And back at working on the Tut Roadshow as well, which yeah, uh, good to uh, be back there, and also to be back on the FM for a bit as well, like I've yeah. been away for a while, but I'm just, just excited to be yeah. here. I miss you guys.
0: Yeah, well... I'm- I love you guys. Matthew, we miss, we miss and love you too, bro. And I mean, it, d- dude, the, the work of the tight roadshow, really amazing stuff as well. Getting into history and the past and, and the way that that connects with the Bible through archaeology and whatnot. It's powerful stuff. Dude, I got to say, I am super grateful. I had an awesome day yesterday. And the reason was because at, oh, when was it? It was 5 p.m., jumped on the train, went down to Sydney. Oh. Uh, had dinner with one of my good friends, Harley. We went to my favourite restaurant in Australia. Oh, nice. My favourite restaurant in Australia to eat my favourite meal Is it Australia. a secret? Or is it I mean, I don't know if I want to gatekeep it. Like, you know, <laughs> like, don't don't allow people to, it's, well, the cuisine, it's, it's a restaurant in Hornsby. Uh, the cuisine is called Tongue, which oh, is, it's, it's, your it's, favorite got, it's got nothing to do with eating tongues. So or it's it's yeah. fully, fully, well, the, the version we make of it is vegan, and the reason you can make certain versions, because basically it's just a wall of ingredients, you put all the ingredients you want in a bowl, you give it to these chefs to cook it up, and then and they give it back to you and eat. It was, it was the bomb. It was so good. It was, like, such a great evening. Um, but now we're, we're back. We're back, and we're getting it done, and we're here. On The Breakfast Show, coming up in today's show, in the second hour, we'll be doing a Bible study throughout the Psalms. Continuing that in our first hour, we'll be doing an interview with Brad Moody. We'll be having a look actually at a shooting that took place in a very interesting location as well as having some good news. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Joined by myself, Lawson, we got Matthew in the studio as well, getting it done, living, we're we're just living our best lives here, but hey, we are trying to enable you to do the same by having a quiz with amazing prizes, so give us our first quiz question,
1: please, Matthew. Okay, good morning, friends, so this is our first question off the bat, it is, the breastplate in the armour of God represents what? Mmm... The breastplate and the armour of God represents what? I could actually rephrase that. It'll mean the same kind of outcome, answer-wise. What does the breastplate and the armour of God represent?
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) If you know, 0491 064 669 is the number to text. If you text that number with the correct answer, you go into the draw to win two amazing books that were given to us, actually, by Tony Benjamin from Voice of the Martyr. We have Trouble on the Way, as well as Hearts of Fire. Now, both of these books are fantastic, and they revolve around the topic of persecution within Christianity. So, these books, really amazing. We want to give them to you absolutely for free. All you have to do, again, is text that number 0491 064 669 with the correct quiz answer, where then you'll be put into the draw, which will be happening at... 8.45 8.45 on Friday morning. So you guys have a bunch of opportunities. From this question forward, you have about 20 opportunities to answer the quiz. And guys, you want to answer this quiz with correct answers because you want to get in for these prizes. The more answers you have, the more chances you have in our draw. So again, that number 0491 And that question again, the breastplate in the armor of God represents what? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You're listening to the breakfast show this morning. I just wanted to quickly—we uh, talked about it quickly yesterday. I wanted to talk about it just quickly this morning uh, about. The, the Super Bowl and the outcome and how I was devastated. Like it was, man, maybe one of the most tense, like sporting matches I've ever seen. Uh, like, I like, I watch one game of the NFL a year and it's the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, I follow some of the highlights and some of them, you know, and I really wanted the 49ers to win and literally the other team, uh, that, it, that ended up winning, the Chiefs, won like with three seconds left on the clock. Oh my. In overtime, really? what's, up?
1: what's up? So, can I ask, uh, Lawson? Uh, was it a heart clencher and a jaw dropper? It
0: was both. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was like, then ah oh, man, it was so. It was. It was like almost scripted. Now I'm kind of uh, conspiracy, um, <laughs> but no, not really. I just always love to highlight out of this, like the fact that the biggest players in this game, and particularly you've got on on the Chiefs, you've got Patrick Mahomes. And on the 49ers, you've got uh, Brock Purdy. They're the two quarterbacks. And if you don't know how the NFL works, like gridiron and American football, it's it basically the whole sport revolves around the quarterback being able to throw a pass to one of their teammates up the field that they then catch, and that's how they kind of make meters. The quarterback is like the most... Important position on the field, and they get paid the most. They're like the most, usually the most famous player on the team and whatnot. Uh, But yeah, both of the quarterbacks, you know, for these teams are deeply Christian and do not shy away from getting on camera, getting a mic in front of their face, and talking about God, talking about their faith, talking about what they believe, bringing up. Bible verses as well, like just being really legitimate about what they believe, and yeah, it was just good to see both of them, you know, for for Patrick Mahomes and his winner's speech, where he's like, like not only just saying, yeah, I want to thank God, but I want to give the glory to God. He's put us through a lot of adversity, uh, you know, adversity this year. We've had to grow, we've had to, we've had to train, we've had to work at this, and you know, God has been been with us, and you know, my faith is more than this trophy, like that kind of stuff. And then simultaneously, Brock Purdy, like. who is even, even more like, man, it's like every time Brock Purdy gets a mic in front of him, he just starts preaching. It's like, wow, that's amazing. And so I, th- I think it's really positive to see. I guess I have a real heart for this space of sports people and their faith. Myself coming from a background of, of sporting and, and, and well, I particularly grew up in a non-Christian setting, uh, but very, very involved in sport and sport even taking me into, you know, living over in, in Europe and participating, you know, in, inspiring to become professional and whatnot at the age of, you know, 15, 16, 17. And so seeing sports people... Uh, represent God and, and raise God up. I'm like, I'm, I'm always really impressed and I'm always just really happy. And, and even a a story here that, that came across my desk as I was, you know, just looking at the Super Bowl and whatnot, um, coming from the UK about there's a ministry over there. It's called Ballers in God and it's just, um, Christians who are involved in football, like, you know, soccer uh, in, in the UK, which is like just, if, if you place. have, yeah, if you don't know about soccer in the UK, it's like just huge, you know, it's just massive. And it's, uh, it's awesome to see the, you know, the ministry that they're doing. And they recently baptized, um, one of the Birmingham, uh, Birmingham City players, which is like Birmingham City is like a massive club, um, a Rico Brown. And, you know, he was, you know, on the journey of Christianity, having a you know connection with these guys, ballers and God, doing Bible studies with them, and, and seeing him give his heart to God, fantastic stuff. Hey, I also wanted to bring up because I said in the show intro I was going to talk about a shooting. Uh, hey, Matthew, I yes, want to ask you a question. Please. how do you feel about the preacher Joel Osteen?
1: You know, he's a mixed bag to me. In the beginning, I was actually taken by his positive enthusiasm. Mm. You know, he has that kind of very happy, yeah. uh, very um, just proactive sort of uh, way of doing doing ministry. Mm. But then again, I, I noticed um, over a period of time, there was nothing that could be wrong as if in your walk because everything is like covered by Jesus, which is true. Mm. But um, I believe as preachers, you need to give... Honest truth as well as grace, yeah. you know. Otherwise, you can't convict people. Yeah. So that's what I've kind of, kind of sensed the Holy Spirit yeah. was missing in convicting people. Yeah. Uh, I might be wrong on that kind of thing. No, no
0: I, of I, I, I see where you're coming from. Like Joel, Joel Osteen, very famous, like maybe one of the richest preachers, very famous preacher from the United States with a very positive message. And uh, he has at times been criticized for, you know, uh, the, the, the lack of. Uh, probably universalism he promotes, you know, everyone will be saved, there's no right and wrong and whatnot. You know, he does bring up issues of of right and wrong, but I I think, as he said, not in a convicting manner. Mm -hmm. Despite what you think of him, a real tragedy took place at his church, actually. It's surprising that... uh, Well, it's actually... This is some... Bad, but good news, um, I think. A bad situation with a positive outcome. And that is that uh, a person walked into, the, a 35-year-old woman with a child, walked into the Sunday afternoon Spanish service that they run at Lakewood Church and just started opening fire in the church. Now, oh, the reason God. this is huge is because, like, Lakewood Church is one of the biggest churches in America, like, just size-wise, like, in terms of that one campus, like, is huge. It's, like, massive. There's thousands and thousands of people. And she walked in, and and it was just random, just not what you would think of as a profile of, like, an active shooter. A 35-year-old woman with a 5-year-old child walks in with a rifle and just starts shooting. Wow. Now, again, how old was that child? The child was 5 years old that was with her. Just absolutely wild. They they haven't identified or released the identity of the woman yet. And there are huge questions surrounding this. The biggest one is coming down from a judge who is wanting to rule this and and investigate this as a potential hate crime because this was a Spanish speaking service and you're in quite a contentious area regarding uh Spanish speakers particularly at the moment in Texas and I think all of the issues regarding the border and and things that are happening there you know with the Joe Biden administration but yeah this woman walked in open fired and thankfully no one died except her Wow. Because what happened was, is two off duty officers, uh, were there attending church, uh, and they, you know, quickly turned and, because of the, the laws in Texas, you know, concealed carry and open carry and whatnot, uh, they turned, draw their, draw their firearm, drew their firearm, and, uh, were able, you know, they, they, unfortunately this woman lost her life she was neutralised but I think simultaneously those are the quick thinking decisions that need to be made in a situation like that to prevent tragedy you know she has already stepped into the realms of using deadly force and as law enforcement officers uh, I think they they made the right decision in uh, neutralising the threat because in a situation like that where there's literally thousands of people crammed into a Thai area it can be just an unmitigated tragedy and and yeah these people um they they're able to to neutralize her and bring her down and the 5 year old child that was with her as well was uh, unfortunately hit with a bullet but is in hospital right now in critical condition but recovering which is good to hear but yeah absolutely wild scenes and it'll be interesting to see uh, as they investigate this, what the motivation was behind it and whether it's... You're listening you know, to the right Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Right, and I different. I can feel it deep within my soul. One day, same saved my soul. made me free and whole. My Lord, he's real. I can feel it in my soul. Whoa whoa. One night, one night, I, repented, I, repented. I fell down, abandoned no no me. No no me. Cried, Lord, have mercy, have mercy. Won't, won't you to save my soul from sin? Well, I'm a walk, well, I'm walking,
1: but not alone. alone. head, I'm headed straight, straight for, home. for home. My Lord, my Lord, Lord he's he's real. Real. I can feel it in my soul. Oh, my rock, my, rock, my, rock my,
0: shield, my shield, my Jesus, my Jesus, he's real. Real. I, can I can feel it in me. Deep within my soul. Whoa, whoa, one day, one day, same my soul. Soul, and, he made, and he made me home. My Lord, my Lord, he's real, I can feel it in my soul, come to, Jesus, come to Jesus, repent, repent, get your feet on the solid rock, he's the one, he will help he you, help you. Help he you. will he hear, hear you when you cry, he Jesus, Jesus our, Savior. our Savior, he's a friend, he's my friend and my faithful God, my Lord, my Lord he's, real. he's real, he will lead you to the other side. My rock, my rock, my shield, my, shield, my, Jesus. my Jesus, he's real, I can feel, it deep within my soul. Whoa, whoa, whoa. One day, he saved, saved my soul, and he made, and he made me, me free and whole. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, Lord he's, real. he's real, I can feel it in my soul. My Lord, my Lord he's, real. he's real, I can feel it in my soul. That was the Forbes family with My Rock. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, joined by myself, Lawson. you got Matthew in the studio as well, and we're going to have our next quiz question.
1: Okay, so in the sanctuary, what item was opposite the golden lampstand? Mm. So in the sanctuary, what item was opposite the golden lampstand? Now, this is in the classic Old Testament sanctuary, and there's about, if I remember right, there's one, two, three, four, there's four, five... Yeah, articles, which one was opposite the golden lampstand?
0: If you know the answer to that one, is the number to text. Of course, our prizes for this week, Trouble on the Way, Persecution in the Christian Life, as well as Hearts of Fire. Yeah, these books are fantastic, and particularly Trouble on the Way – is more of a look and an overview of what persecution is and how it is affecting people and how people are overcoming it. Whereas Hearts of Fire is more of a testimony book regarding those people and their life stories and whatnot. Both of these books are absolutely fantastic and they really highlight, you know, the really very extreme things that are happening in our world today to Christians, you know, not just uh, persecution that was received during the era of the Roman Empire or the Dark Age. Or whatnot, but rather today. Uh, but the amazing miracles that God is working despite that persecution. These are books that you want, guys. Again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. In the sanctuary, what item was opposite the golden lampstand? Hey, know the answer again? Text our number, Matthew. What is happening in the world of positively different? News? Absolutely.
1: So, I've got two stories today. So, the first one, I'll shoot off with a joke. Okay. Okay. So, what has four wheels and flies? Oh, and flies. A
0: flying car? Playing with four wheels?
1: Matthew's being cheeky today. It's a play on words. Oh,
0: It's F-L-I-E-S. Like. Oh, oh. Four wheels and flies. Four wheels and flies. So oh, it's is, is something a stinky
1: car, I, know, I guess. Garbage truck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs>
1: Now, stick with me with this because it's connected. Yeah, to yeah that. Okay, 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 Um but I thought I'd just ask because I know we're both uh, studying theology and being mm. students here. Love a question I gotta ask, easy one. How how many parables can you recall that Jesus talked about regarding uh the theme of the lost?
0: Oh, how many parables will I, I can think of like? The wheat and the tares. Yes.
1: I can think of the sheep
0: and the goats. I can think of oh man, even like the prodigals, the prodigal son. Yeah, the lost coin, the yep. the, the the lost sheep. You know, leaving the leaving the ninety nine. Yep. Uh the yeah,
1: whole bunch of stuff. Fantastic. So you helped me set the premise of my story just then. Okay. Now. Last year I shared a story about a lady who lost her wedding ring on the beach. Yeah. That was found by another couple during the day and she thought, you know, it's forever lost because she went surveying the beach, couldn't find it. Oh. You know when waves come up and down and it buries it. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So somehow it, it reappeared and she found that particular ring. Well, yeah. this lady, <coughs> sorry, from the city of Greenville, I don't know where it is, uh, in the United States. I know you've been there <laughs> in the city of Greenville. She lost her wedding ring in that city. And she was doing routine shopping and things and she believed uh, you know, she, she may have lost it in a bin because mm. she remembers rummaging through there looking for some other particular and she reckoned it slipped off in the bin. Oh, hectic. You know what the cool news was? What? It was found by garbage collectors. No. Way. Absolutely. Now, you know, if you think of garbage collectors, they just come along, grab the garbage and just toss it. Just toss it and then you just like it's toss gone. it out, yeah. So it actually came across the eyes of these two particular men. Mm-hmm. As Jesse Martinez and Robert Trevenco, and they they just noticed something glittering inside mm-hmm. there, and they were able to return that ring. To this particular that's lady. That's crazy. It's crazy cool. That is crazy. Absolutely. So she's happy days. And that's, yeah, that's the first part of, <laughs> of yeah. the good news story because mm. she was able to reconnect with her, her wedding ring. And we yeah. know that wedding ring symbolizes a relationship with your love partner for years mm. and making that kind of consummation and agreement when that you. A commitment, yeah. A commitment. And I love how the Bible says in that verse, you know, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Yeah. And what's cool is we all have a testimony. I know you've got a testimony. I have a testimony. Mm. It's cool that when Jesus finds us, because we don't go looking for him, and in fact, we're so lost, we don't even you know, think we can be saved. <clears throat> but the mm. cool part is, is when we reach out, He is willing and able to lift us up because he's seen us in our broken condition and he makes that marriage commitment to us. Mm. And I just find that where we are in our stories and our journeys is because of his his faithfulness. Mm. So that's the first story. Absolutely. This second one, you won't believe it, the second good news story, has Uh to do with, I'm supposed to be wearing glasses uh, here. so It's about uh, new technology that's kind of spiral shaped to help those with cataracts and Ah, conditions to see properly. Okay. Now, how did when I when I went to the uh, co- like I used to work at Costco, mm-hmm. and what's cool about Costco, it's a one stop shop with everything, and they even have a um, I may say this word wrong an opt- optometrist. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
0: yeah. I've been to the the local Costco here, like in Newcastle, and the you know like the optometrist, and yeah, it's hectic as I'm like what what is going on here? You, you, yeah, it's like the optometrist, and then beside it you can buy tires. Yeah, yes, which is pretty insane.
1: That's right, um, and it's got your bakery, your butchers, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, digital section like, um, say, Dick Smith's or, or the old classic Tandy or yeah. Kogan came in after long, afterwards. Um, what I got, when the last time I was working there, I almost worked there um, seven years, time, uh-huh. and they told me upon uh, inspection of my eyes and examination that in five or six years I will have four blown cataracts. Whoa, yeah. that's gnarly. And they said, we don't know if it's genetic or whatever it is, but Mm. you used to usually need glasses. Now, what's terrible about me, and you've known this as we used to drive up to our old location with (laughs) uh, breakfast, (laughs) you you said, Matt, that's a stop sign. That's a stop sign. (laughs) Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. anyway, what's cool here is they were able to make this particular technology that's miniaturized. It's so tiny Mm. um, that it's that you think you're wearing a contact. But sometimes you can tell when people are wearing contacts. Mm. So it's imperceptible. Mm. That's how, how cool this is. Wow. And this this kind of, uh, what do you call it, implant, it's called an intracular implant, and it's for cataracts. And I don't know what intracular means. Mm. All I know is they say they've cons- they've made a concept to make it so small because they not want people to pick it up. Mm. Now, the phenomenon is called an optical vortex as well, and mm. how it works is it creates multiple clear focus points, uh-huh. plus why it's in, in, a, in spiral form, Yeah, because as it, it goes further and further in, it's almost, you know how you use a camera lens, yeah. and you know how when you see it, it goes, it opens yeah. up yeah. And, and narrows down. It rotates, yeah. It has that ability. Ah.
0: So how cool is that? Wow. <laughs> okay, this is
1: amazing. It is, it is. And, and so they're,
0: they're saying people with cataracts, they just chuck it in and it gets better?
1: Yes, yes, they do, and they say it has the ability, depending on how the person's nerves would focus, it will focus for you, mm. like how a camera lens does. Mm. And if you're looking at something up close, like me and you here in, mm. in front of each other, uh, it'll go this, like this distance as well. So looking in the in in let's say a further a far away distance, it'll adjust itself. Mm. Now there's a statement I like to read here. They, they've added this. In addition to ophthalmology applications, the simple design of this lens could greatly benefit compact imaging systems. This is designed by a man named Simon. He said it would streamline the design and function of these systems while also offering a way to accomplish imaging at various depths without additional optical elements. So you don't need nothing else. You don't need um, any contact. You don't need any glasses. This is the one-stop shop for correction procedures. Our patients. Mm. They said the researchers created the lens by using advanced digital matching to the mold of the unique spiral design with high precision. And this last sentence here says, then they validated the lens by using a image to a. They call this I don't know why they call it this a digital e. Much like those used on an optometrist light-up board, if Mm. you've been there, you know what that is. The authors observed that the image quality remains satisfactory regardless of the aperture size used. So Mm. that's the good news regarding um, one's eyes. And we still got a minute left. So I thought we'd discuss what's your thoughts on?
0: uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's amazing. I think uh, I think you know being able to see is a fantastic thing. I think that there are those people who have limitations in their sight, and I think the existence of glasses and whatnot has very much helped most people. Uh, Or, or, you know, I have some friends who are really into using um, contacts and and stuff. But, yeah, because as I understand, like, cataracts is something that develops and develops and develops and develops and really limits your ability to see.
1: It so does. Like, like, just, I'll be, be honest... There's times that I've driven and, and um, things are a blur. And there's people at the shops that I, that have said they've waved at me mm. and I just never waved back and mm. they call it like a snob. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the good news. Yeah. Um, Jesus says in, in Revelation mm. um, chapter 3, he says, Buy of me, I salve. Mm-hmm. And we know that I salve is the Holy Spirit. Mm. And the Holy Spirit can help us see beyond uh, the conditions of our life mm-hmm. to the spiritual.
2: You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
0: Joined by myself, Lawson. We have my good friend Matthew in the studio as well. And we are going to get our next quiz question.
1: Okay, family. What is the third of the Ten Commandments? Mm. What is the third of the Ten Commandments? If you know the
0: answer to that one, if you know what the third commandment is, 0491 is the number to text. And if you text in with the correct answer, you will go into the draw to win two, one of our two, well, both of our amazing prizes. We, we have these two amazing prizes, We've Got Trouble on the Way, Persecution in the Christian Life, as well as Hearts of Fire too. amazing books that were given to us by Voice of the Martyrs, which is an organization that deals with Christ- persecuted Christians all over the world, helping them to be able to practice their faith, resourcing them in the work that they're doing. It's really powerful stuff.
1: So, once again, friends, what is the third of the Ten Commandments? And I wanted to share, it should be easy because there's only not 50, not 100. There's only 10 commands. There's
0: only 10. Yeah. What's the third one? 0491 <laughs> 064 It's now come time for our interview and on the phone with us. you got my good friend, Brad Moody. Brad, are you there?
2: <laughs> I am, mate. Can you hear me all right?
0: Yeah, I can hear you fantastically, bro. And I'm so glad that you could one. join us on the show this morning to get into the usual topic of all things apologetics.
2: Yes, yeah, so last time we were discussing about the validity of the Sabbath as something that the Bible clearly supports as an ongoing injunction upon men even through the New Testament. Mm. And that's because, as you were just talking about, it's one of the Ten Commandments which mm. are recognized by the world at large as the basis of all other moral law, this law of love, as the Bible calls it. Now, we're going to be talking about um, a commandment as well. Um, and Well, I don't want to give it away, but it might it might um, answer the quiz question a little mm. bit. It'll knock one of the ten out, because this is the fourth commandment that we're talking about today. Okay. Um, the fourth hey, we're just, command, we're just helping
0: but, people out. We're just helping people out this morning.
2: Uh, that's, we're making it easy for to get those old books, um, but something that is, is often misunderstood with the Sabbath is how to actually keep the Sabbath. Yeah. You may have heard, I'm not sure if you, Matthew or, or, or Lawson have heard people say these things like I'm resting in Jesus. So I'm mm-hmm. keeping the Sabbath in my own way, or I Sabbath every day. I, I don't know if you've ever heard that before. How do you, resp- how, how do you guys respond to those questions if you've ever come across them?
0: Yeah, I think it's great that you've brought that up because I have had those conversations actually plenty of times, uh, uh, yeah, I uh, At one point, I was at a university working for the chaplaincy team there, and, uh, you know, conversations about Sabbath would come up, and very much from young Christians, from older Christians and whatnot, the, a, a real default response as to, you know, their understanding of Sabbath-keeping is like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Sabbathing every day, you know, I I've always found my rest in Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> which, which, like, so yeah. I, it's been something that I've seen, I've been confronted by it a, a, a little bit. And I'm like, is that really true to what the Bible says? You know, is that, it, and I'm sure we're going to get into it today, which is really exciting. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well look, tell us your thoughts on that. If you've got a if you have a response, I'd love to hear it anyway. It might it might be where we're going we can we can skip over that point if it's the same sort of thing that we're talking about. What what was your response to
1: them? I've I've got a response. Uh for me, Lawson, good morning, my brother. I mean not um, <laughs> <what's his> name? <laughs> Brad. Uh, Brad, sorry, brother Brad.
2: Uh, <laughs> <You're> right, <mate.
1: laughs> and, yeah, for me, um I've I've used the, the having a sabbatical in a negative way in the past when I used to suffer from depression. Um and what was interesting, one oh, time really? one time I, I saw uh Uh, The comedian Jim Carrey, he shared something interesting about uh, being depressed and he called it deep rest. Mm. And I realized it was just my way of coping – in a survival mode. So that was my way of keeping Sabbath at that, that particular time, on a daily basis, that is, like being in my man cave. Too long. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah right. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think for those who I come across and maybe make a theological case against Sabbath keeping from mm. the perspective that Jesus is our rest, and they very much base that on what's shared in the book of Hebrews, the you know the, the connection that Christ makes to our rest. I, I always go back to, like something that is really important to me is the examples of Christ and his disciples. Like, this is always like... Yeah, good be, one. Because Sabbath, uh, you know, and there's a few other, you know, particular Christian practices that people challenge within the, the Christian world, like, oh, do we need to do this? Do we not need to do this? And I yeah, kind of yeah. say, okay, well, here's a theological case in terms of the things that were written about it. And it, we see that, you know, the advice all the way through Scripture is that people well, the, well, the, we're supposed to keep the Sabbath, Sabbath is binding from creation, all these things. Uh, then we see like some v- yeah, very yeah. few passages actually talk about the Sabbath. Sabbath, maybe in a way that, and for example, as you know, I just brought up Hebrews nine, where it talks about finding rest in Jesus as a, or a Sabbath in Jesus. Yes. You know, people say, oh, okay, mm-hmm. so this then releases us yeah, from our yeah. duty of keeping Sabbath, not as you know, well, I would say keeping Sabbath as a day of the week, as the commandment you know originally says. And they're like, oh, this releases us from our duty because our Sabbath is now in Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I then say, well, then yes. why? Does Jesus not only Jesus, but also his disciples after his yes. ascension? And I, th- you yeah. know, I think of a few examples, in, particularly in the book of Acts, Acts chapter sixteen, mm-hmm. Acts chapter mm-hmm. se- seventeen, yep. where they're yep. habitually keeping the Sabbath. I'm like, why Absolutely. are they doing yep. this after Jesus has come? Mm-hmm. Why? And and That's I think right. for me, and going they're... back and yeah. yeah, it ultimately reflects their interpretation of finding their rest in Christ, which, you know, we could get into finding rest in Christ on one side, but obviously it didn't compromise their need for weekly Sabbath keeping.
2: That's right. Yeah, and the interesting thing about it is the actual commandment says um, to, yes, rest, uh, but it also says to work for six days. It, it, and so, so by sabbathing every day, you're actually breaking the commandment. It's a little bit oh, of
1: irony
2: It says in in verse eight, "Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor." So there's not only a shall not, but there's also a shall, and that mm. is six days you shall labor and do yes. all your work, get it all done in the six, so that you can rest on the seventh as mm. a sabbath of the Lord your God. And and this is what the Bible continues to 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 pronounce blessing upon multiple times. It says that there is a blessing, and this is one example in Isaiah 56 in verse 2, it says, Blessed is the man that does this and the son of man that lays hold of it, that keeps the Sabbath from polluting it and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Mm. Right. So basically the, the Sabbath can be kept and treasured or it can be polluted or desecrated. Yeah, wow. and, and and like I said, the Bible pronounces a blessing upon the, upon the one who keeps the Sabbath in the right way. Notice Isaiah 58 and verse 13 to 14, mm-hmm. it says, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable and honor, honor him, not doing your own ways or finding your own pleasures, nor speaking your own words, then you will find delight in the Lord. And notice the promise then, I will cause you to ride upon the high places of earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, mm-hmm. for the mouth of the Lord has spoken there is a special blessing on those who cherish and honor the Sabbath but before we but, 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 but getting aside from that we've, we've, we've honed in on what the Sabbath is last time we were discussing this but just some points of interest as to how to keep the Sabbath we need to be very mm-hmm. clear and succinct on this yeah. one point that a lot of people get mixed up is when does Sabbath actually begin is Oof. it midnight to midnight is it midnight day to midday. And in Genesis chapter 1, we find the answer. It says repeatedly, the evening and the morning were the first day, the fourth Mm. day, the fifth day. The evening and the morning is the clarity that tells us what God is thinking when he thinks of the start of a day. And it says that the day starts with the evening. So let me ask you a question. When would you say evening
0: begins? Uh, When the sun sets. Usually. I <laughs> second <seek a magical laughs> that. <sense>. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like when the
2: sunset, It's straightforward. So <laughs> the Bible, the biblical day in God's mind, the biblical day starts at sunset. Therefore, mm. the Sabbath starts at sunset on Friday evening, running right through to sunset on Saturday evening. Now, mm. what are we supposed to actually do on that day? This is the big question we want to answer today. Oh, such a we're not, question. We, we know that we're supposed to rest, but does that just mean that we're supposed to sleep all day? Like, what do you guys think? Uh, what? are we supposed to do if we're, not, if we're not supposed to work? We get that, but what are we supposed to do then?
0: Well, I think it's beautiful. Like, the Bible says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy, and then it gives a reason why to remember the Sabbath. Yes. And it says, because of creation, firstly, in the Exodus account of the commandments. And then secondly, in Deuteronomy 5, it says, remember the Sabbath or have this rest because of the Mm -hmm. redemption that you've experienced from subjugation under the Egyptians and the oppression because of them. And and I think that ultimately when it comes to Sabbath practice, there is rest that can take place, but included in that rest must be the
1: worship of God. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I've got, I've got a, a thought too, um, Brad. Jesus said an example too that actually made the Pharisees upset because they saw mm. what he was doing when he was doing good, like he was healing those on the Sabbath, mm. and they say they were right. saying, "You are, you are breaking the commandment. Mm. You're, you're working." Yeah. When actually mm-hmm. he he yeah. was challenging them by showing that we ought to not just you know. We are to rest from doing our normal labours and even some of our selfish pursuits that we tend to do, like recreation-wise, mm. but we're also meant to be doing good to others. Like yeah. People might call it exactly. social justice, but we're yes. meant to be um, helping uh, the, the, the visit those in hospital, visit those in prison, yeah. um, and if we can, mm-hmm. do some sort of ministry of healing to others. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, Absolutely. I think also just, if I can quickly add on to that as well, Matthew. Again, it comes back to, well, what is the example that Christ and the disciples set? Exactly. Which, uh, again, you know, Luke chapter 4, verse 16, again, referring to Acts 16 and 17, they also went mm-hmm. to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, the hell so they, also, they went funny. to church, they spent time with other believers too. Yeah, yeah.
1: How'd we go, Brett?
2: That's exactly right. Oh, look, just to hone in, <laughs> hone in on all of those things that you just said, you pretty much, no, that's great because you've summed up half of the other things that, that I was hoping to get through today. So it'll be a reiteration of that, which is great. So yeah, yeah, this okay. is this is one of the the most important things to remember, is that the Sabbath is a, is a day to commemorate creation. right? Mm. In the book of Genesis and in Exodus, we find the establishment of the day as a commemoration, an acknowledgement of creation. And I've recently had conversations with people about the Sabbath, and they in, they insisted that they are keeping the biblical, they are not keeping the biblical Sabbath as Saturday. They are keeping Sunday as a day to commemorate the resurrection of Christ. I'm like, that's hmm. great. I actually think that principle is really noble. We should acknowledge that Jesus was raised from the dead and commemorate his death and resurrection. Absolutely. Amen to that. But Mm -hmm. notice that God has already given us a commemoration of that event through baptism, which represents the the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's further represented in the communion service where we have the symbolic action of eating his broken body and drinking his spiritual blood to give us spiritual life. But the only commemoration throughout all scripture to acknowledge God as the creator is that of the Sabbath. There's no Mm -hmm. other acknowledgement of God as the creator than that memorial. Now, back on to how to keep the Sabbath. You guys have mentioned it rightly so. Just a verse to back up what you were saying as a day to go to church, to worship with fellow believers. Leviticus 23 and verse 3, and Hebrews chapter 10, which we'll come to in just a second. But Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 3 says, Six days shall your work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest. And holy convocation, you shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Now, quick clarifying here, it says the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. And there's, there's also this argument between like, Oh, but there's all these other ceremonial sabbaths and all these other, you know, these, yeah. these other, these other feasts that were called sabbaths. No, no, no. This is the Sabbath. It's 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 set apart. It's written by God in stone by His own finger uh, on the Ten Commandments, not one mm. of the other sabbaths that was one of the feast days and things like that. But it was a day of holy convocation on the Sabbath every week, and that holy convocation literally is mikrah and it basically means something called out, i.e. a public meeting. People would call out. They would come out of their place together into an assembly to a place of meeting. The Sabbath is a day of rest and fellowship with God and with other with others as well. And this is in line with what it says in Hebrews chapter twenty-five. So a new a new testament verse to back this up says not forsaking of the assembly of ourselves together as the matter of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching sabbath is a day when we join and unite in fellowship and worship with others of like faith so if you're supposed to just rest and not do things for yourself on that day what about eating what about cleaning now the best example of this because a lot of people are like well how am i going to get what am i going to eat i'm going to just die (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to starve. I can't possibly go without a, a day without food. Well, look, we're not expecting, the Bible is not expecting you to fast for that day. You, you see this example in Exodus chapter 16, um, and I just want to note that this is Exodus 16, not Exodus 20. This is previous to the commandments being instituted through Moses uh, on, 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 on those tables of stone. This is before the Ten Commandments were were instituted at that point in time. We have Exodus 16, where we have this example of the Israelites receiving manna every day for their 40 year wandering through the wilderness, but a miracle took place every Friday and Saturday. And the miracle was this that they would get the manna every day mm. normally, but on the sixth day, i.e., Friday, that is the day that they have then called in the New Testament preparation. Day, you'll see that in the book of the Gospels, um, that that day they were given twice as much so that then on the Sabbath they could rest. They could mm. eat the food that they had gathered on the Friday. And if they tried to gather twice as much on a Monday or a Wednesday, then the next day it would have bred worms. But for some reason, it was miraculously sustained for them to consume and sustain themselves on the Sabbath day. Now, now this is, this is what it's like for me. In my mind, I always... Bring it back to relationship because this is what God mm. wants, and this is what the Sabbath is all about. It's all about relationship. If you hear, if if the listeners hear nothing else, just remember that it's about relationship. It's like with my wife and I celebrating our anniversary, and ironically, in Portuguese, the word for anniversary is the same for birthday. And creation is our ah. day of birth as a race. Aniversário is the word in Portuguese. Creation in 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 our mind is our birthday as a race, right? Mm. So it's coming back to our origins, just like our anniversary is coming back to the origins of our of our relationship and. We prepare everything the day before that anniversary so that we don't have to think. on the day. We just can enjoy each other's company, and God wants that with us every week. What yeah. a privilege. What an honour. God yeah. wants the Sabbath to be a day filled with joy with His company, where we rest from our weekly list of to-dos. That's what it's about. Now, the next question always comes up, and 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 the question is, should we avoid turning lights on because it's working, or because it's making other <laughs> people work at <laughs> the power station? What about emergency question. services? What yeah. about essential services? Yeah. Well, have you ever come across this? How would you answer it, Lawson? Have you, have you come across that question before?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, it's it's usually like the big thing that's motivated there. Usually asked from the perspective of like, "Oh, hey, um, actually, um, I don't want to keep the Sabbath, and so I'm going to come up with like the flimsy ex- excuse I can." Because I think the o- the answer is quite obvious and clear, and mm. I think Jesus is the one yep. who set the example yeah. there ultimately yeah, of yeah, what yeah, Sabbath yeah. keeping mm-hmm, look like, mm-hmm. because. Yeah. I, I think in particular I, I love that, you know, Jesus, he uh, he's questioned when he, he's walking through the field of, of grain. You know, he's, oh, he's yes. him and his disciples are eating and they're accused of breaking the Sabbath because they're accused of working. And Jesus, you know, very clearly makes the point that he's not, and it's obvious that he's not because like they're eating food, they're not earning any wages for their quote unquote yeah. work that they're doing, uh, nor nor are they selling the grain, nor no, they're just they're just like participating in an activity of, of eating. And I think that, yeah, there are just some activities that are needed. And, and I think in a perfect world, you know, yeah. the, the people would on Sabbath, volu- and I know people who do this, like paramedics and whatnot, who are on call even during Sabbath hours mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they're Sabbath yep. keepers, who volunteer that time. Uh, yeah. who, and they oh, don't, don't yeah. receive payment for that time, but they're like, this is a needed service. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, in, in that doing good category. Of service that's exactly to right.
2: And this is what yeah. it says in Matthew chapter 12, right? It says, wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath. And this is an example where Jesus has a man that's got a withered hand and his arms restricted, mm. right? It's hard for that man to do his daily tasks. And the commandment literally says, rest and give others rest. We've been yes. through that last yep. time, right? Rest and give others rest. It's not just about satisfying your own rest. It's about giving rest to other people. And so mm. it's lawful, therefore, Jesus says, to do well on the Sabbath. And just to clarify, Mark chapter 2 and verse 27, we went through this last time as well. It says, the Sabbath was made for man and not made for the Sabbath. It's not supposed to be an arduous task. The anniversary between my wife and myself is not something that's supposed to be arduous. It's not something that we don't look forward to. We love that (laughs) day. It's our favorite day of the year, right? And in this case, we get to do it every week with God. And the Sabbath was made for us, not asked for the Sabbath, right? This is so critical that we get this. But essential services, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, they have to continue. It's necessary to have that. And just think about it like the anniversary once again. If my wife and I are on our anniversary, and lo and behold, something happens. One of us has an accident, or we're sick for some reason on our anniversary. Although it's a day that's set apart, like the Sabbath is, to enjoy together, we would still go to the hospital. We would still take the necessary medicine to alleviate that suffering. It's logical. Mm. And this is why Jesus says, if you have a sheep that falls into a pit, you'll get it out, because that's straightforward. You need to look after people. It's about resting and giving others rest. But let's be clear, the Bible says that we can defile the Sabbath. Just a couple of quick points before we wind up. I know I've got one more minute, but the, the Bible clearly says that, that we are not to be carrying out everyday activities. Yeah. There's an example of this in the book of Nehemiah on the occasion where there was people that were coming to the, the walls of the city and they were trying to sell stuff to the people, the Jews inside the city. And they were trying to sell stuff. And, and Nehemiah recognized that this would reduce the sanctity of the Sabbath. And so he stood up against it. Right. And now this is the same. This is the same with my, my anniversary with my wife. Once again, if we're on an anniversary and I'm like, oh, this is the only day off I've, I've got from work. I'm Hey, babe, look, I know. We're hanging out. It's our anniversary, whatever. I've got some tools that I'm just really keen to go down to the shop to have a look at and 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 get, right? It doesn't really show my wife the appreciation that she deserves. <laughs> it's not keeping that day yeah. special as a commemoration of our beginnings. And this is the point that, that Nehemiah, that story makes. This is why Isaiah says that God will bless you if you take that day as a daylight mm. day of delight with God, not as a day to seek your own pleasure. That's the point. The day of delight. with God as your creator recognizing him as your creator and the commemoration of your origins and the promise that I just want to leave you guys with this is the final minute I know, so Matthew 11 28 to 30 says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest that's what that name means Sabbath, it is, Jesus wants to give you rest and he wants to give you the promise of the Sabbath rest, it was made for you it's a gift, use it it's your true rest in him the Sabbath Mm. is a physical experience representative of a spiritual experience like baptism is similarly a physical representation of a spiritual event thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM